we'd like to welcome you to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study, also health alerts, for January 29th, 2012. And this is a video entitled, What is ACTA? And this is a continuation of, of part two where we were talking about that. We're going to play a couple of video clips here now, which are really going to drive home what we're dealing with here. So here's the first one. ACTA. Anti-counterfeiting trade agreement. The name is misleading. The original idea of ACTA is to internationally protect intellectual property. It's supposed to help prevent product and trademark counterfeiting, like fake copies of expensive goods, misusing trademarks, like using a well-known car brand on tampons, for example, making General Motors tampons. It will safeguard research investments in development of products, e.g. medical patents or pharmaceutical products. It's also supposed to support artists and journalists and allow them to produce higher quality work in internationally harmonized copyright laws. Sounds great, doesn't it? But there's a twist. The Oxford English Dictionary defines a counterfeit as, quote, a fraudulent imitation of something else. But when a file is copied on the internet, it is exactly the same as the original, not an imitation, and it is not stolen since the original is not removed. The information is simply being shared free of charge, so counterfeiting has nothing to do with it. Let us explain. Intellectual property is never really defined with an actor. It could mean trademarks, or it could mean any idea or information which later could be copyrighted, restricted and criminalised. This will have a tremendous effect on the internet as we know it. The actual actor text covers a huge range of topics and is very complex and hard to grasp. So we will explain what happens on the internet in a hypothetical real-world analogy. Imagine paying for a cookery course. During this course, you learn how to cook some really tasty fried chicken. Then you return home and teach the recipe to your wife. But here's the catch. According to Acta, you are now both criminals since you shared that information for free and only you had paid to learn it. The Acta regulations are clear. When you're suspected of sharing copyrighted information, depending on the country you live in, then your access to any kind of courses will be blocked, you will be fined or sent directly to prison. But surely no one would find out that you'd shared the knowledge of the secret fried chicken in private at home. And you're right. Under current law, no one would. But ACTA deals with this through excessive surveillance. All your communication will be monitored, and not only yours. Your family, your friends, will all be observed, just in case. But you don't need privacy, civil rights or liberties, because you have nothing to hide, do you? Now that you know the principle, let's see how it will be applied on the internet when ACTA comes into effect. You can imagine your internet connection like a conveyor belt running in two directions. Along the conveyor belt, packets of data are coming in and going out of your computer. Under ACTA, ISPs, the company you pay for access to the internet, will be forced to open up and inspect every single data package you send or receive to look for copyrighted information. Send or receive copyrighted info several times and you can be disconnected from the internet or face criminal charges. That means if you send an MP3 to your friend through an instant messenger, upload a video of a party which play copyrighted music, or quote a copyrighted newspaper article in an email, you're gone. That's it. As if that wasn't enough, the information about the news article you sent via email will be sent to the publisher, and based on their claims you could be fined or sent to prison. 
ISPs will also be required to constantly check that no copyrighted material or links to copyrighted material are found anywhere on their servers. This will be fatal for sites that hold any kind of user-generated content, like music, pictures or video. How could YouTube or Twitter work under a law like that? So the internet as we know it is on the brink of destruction. But at least you'd think that the money from all these lawsuits would benefit creative people. But musicians, writers, movie makers, journalists, software developers and researchers also lose, because they are now held by the same rules. Predicted ideas now can't be reused, refined or developed any further. Even parts of sentences could be protected and made restricted by copyright. The whole agreement only benefits a small part of the industry, the so-called content mafia. Media publishing companies like the RIAA and the MPAA who have long tried to solve the internet problem that threatens their obsolete business model. ACTA is the result of their lobbying within the governments that participate in the negotiations. Latest leaks indicate that techniques that bypass the planned content filter and blocking infrastructure will also be made illegal. And the worst thing? It's all done in secret. If you're European, it's even being done by people who haven't been elected by the public. You've already seen where this is heading on YouTube. Videos are unavailable in certain geographical areas. This obsessive copy protection is also a great tool for information suppression. Once all the internet filters and blocking techniques are in place, virtually all information tagged as copyright could be suppressed. Maybe your critical blog or Twitter account. Or the video you made about rigged elections and environmental catastrophes. Or even the pictures of your kittens. Okay, maybe not your kittens. Not unless you painted a Coca-Cola logo onto their fur. This all sounds unbelievable for everyone who's had even a small glimpse of how the net works. But remember, those who work on the agreement might not have any clue what the internet is about. And once the treaty is signed, their rules will have to be implemented. The consequences we have to deal with are internet censorship, restricted freedom of speech, loss of net neutrality due to the restrictions of the use of certain protocols, total surveillance of all your online activities, loss of freedoms and restriction of civil rights, punishment like losing your internet access, and we will gain nothing. The time to act for the internet is now. Google Actor. Load your tweets and photoshops. Let it be known that no one messes with the internet and take it to the streets. Stop the Kraken. So that little video sums a lot up. Uh, that's just one of the most insane things I've ever even heard. And uh, as far as anything pertaining to the internet, I mean, I just rather would let these other people speak because they're, they're going to do a better job than I am uh, regarding this particular subject. And these people have researched and um, it really is that bad. And I really shouldn't be surprised with you know, them wanting to implement a 1984 George Orwell-like society, this would be the ideal way to really move us in that direction. And obviously, just to be able to shut down any kind of, and suppress any kind of content that would uh, be counter to the New World Order agenda, I, I think is the, is the main uh, reason why they would want to do that. And let's go a little bit further now. Uh, this next article, or next really video... Is entitled "What SOPA, ACTA, PIPA Don't Want You to Know," and um, 
I'm going to play this video. I'm going to be stopping or, or like skipping through certain parts because he said certain things. I mean, the guy's not on like a total profane rampage, but he said some things I don't really think are appropriate. I don't want him on my audios, put it that way. And so I'm going to be stopping or, or skipping through several little tiny sections. So kind of bear with me here. Uh, but I thought the information that he got into was important enough that we really do need to know about this information. And this is going to be a byproduct, what he's going to be talking about here, particularly toward the end, with the imprisonment of people through this legislation. This is really going to feed the New World Order beast system uh, in it to a huge degree. And we're going to segue into that topic next. It's a very good segue. So I'm going to go ahead and start this video here. And um, we'll go from there. With mega uploads being stormed today, is the United States planning to bring charges against 25% of the Internet users, including you? This is my... Okay, so this is a guy that's done. He's got a little note here. It says, you need to know early on that the U.S. President Obama personally appointed a team of RIAA, or Recording Industry Association of America, lawyers to the Department of Justice. We're going to talk about this more. The world; These are the world's most ruthless attorneys. Obama has appointed these guys to the Department of Justice. They are the worst of the worst of the bottom-feeding worst of attorneys. Okay? And he put them in charge of USA Justice Worldwide, Obama. And he just has a link here you can click on. You, you can click on the video if you want to hear the whole thing. Um, it's about 15 minutes. I'm going to be playing about 8 minutes of it, actually. So let's go further. Mozart, back again with my third SOPA Protect IP video. You might have heard today that Mega Upload was stormed worldwide. That's right, they arrested the creator of Mega Uploads. They indicted and arrested the staff of Mega Uploads. They seized the computers and the files. And do you know what was in those files? All the user information. Now, anyone out there that's used Mega Uploads, you've got a major problem right now. Why? Because they have all the records of everyone that ever uploaded a file or ever downloaded a file. And do you know what the United States does to anybody that even, like, downloads a few songs? Look at this woman, Jamie Thomas, a single mom, a Native American single mom, struggling to get by. Obama's Department of Justice is arguing that she needs to pay $1.5 million for just downloading 24 songs from Kazaa. Oddly, this is reported in CNET. Who distributed Kazaa? As reported by CNET Division of CBS... The actual distributors of all this file-sharing software, they use copyrighted songs to promote it. And it was downloaded 326 million times from them. So, you have to understand the scope of this. I, 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 and I, it's so evil and so wicked. They've created the system that they can go after the people. And, and they, here's CNET, which is a division of... Um, CBS, and he, he gives you, as you're watching the video, he gives you all the visuals to confirm all of this. I mean, really, really well done, these videos he, this guy does. I don't know if you've ever been on CNET before. I have. I don't think I've ever downloaded any of the software that they're talking about. But this is uh, Kazaa Media Desktop. 
Okay, over 3 million downloads. CNET's distributed it, and, and CBS owns CNET. And this lady that got charged for 1.5 million in fines for downloading 24 songs from a from software that Big Brother has put out and enabled people to use and encouraged them to use. And now they're going after them in these gigantic lawsuits. And it doesn't matter if you don't have any money. It does not they will they will just try to ruin you and this is what is going to become the norm. They're going to legally try from from this really corrupt legal standpoint. Uh, take out as many people as possible, and I really do believe to try to get as many people into the prison system as possible to serve Big Brother New World Order. We're going to be talking about that more. So I wanted to clarify that point because he's very quick in his explanations, and you may, and since you're not getting the visual, listening to the audio, I wanted to try to give you a little more expansion on that. So let's go further. Um, and Jim used it exactly as they showed. Now she owes over a million and a half dollars for downloading 24 songs. She's been appealing this judgment for years. But back to Mega Uploads. That's what this video is about. I'm just referring to... Now, I think Mega Upload is is some... I've seen it on the internet before, but it's some system where you can upload uh, if you want to watch movies and things like that. But evidently, because um, it infringes on these copyrights, Things with this acta, uh, they're they're coming after these people like never before. And he's got a little note here: the USA is already arresting people worldwide to bring copyright infringers to justice in the United States. They're extraditing these people. They're literally trying to get them extradited to bring them into the United States to imprison them. Once acta is enacted, the world will be all the world will be corporate slaves. So let's go further. Jamie Rosser Thomas because that's a preview of coming events for you. That's right. 25% of the users on the internet have used Mega Upload. Probably you have, or one of your friends, or a member of your family. Did you know in the United States that the statutory damages for copyright infringement are $150,000 per infringed work? Now they have all the files. If you've ever uploaded a single thing that was a copyright infringement to Mega Uploads, you can kiss $150,000 goodbye. Because they're going to be coming after you. I mean, really coming after you. And if you saw the video I just put up that featured Richard O'Dwyer in England, who had a website that just linked to copyright infringing material, think how screwed you are if you ever upload... Oh, sorry about that. Um, anyway, I meant to I meant to bleep that out. Um, so let me go ahead and mute that. That's the problem with trying to play this video. I mean, this guy's not a... Christian, but the information and the content is just un, unbelievable. So let me mute that and play this for a little bit longer. And we can unmute it. They have all the records from Mega Upload. You see, that service often made people pay. You had to pay for better quality service or more upload space. And now Obama's Justice Department has all the payment records and IP address. And you know what? You can't use anonymizers to download things like hour-long HD movies. Heck no. The Tor clients, that's not what those are for. They're more for communications. They're not for downloading these movies. So now they're going to have all these records and all these files and all the big media companies are going to go, Bonanza, we could bankrupt 25% of the people of the world. Boy, we can't wait to start writing those extradition notices for England. 
So, any of your mates in the UK ever download anything from Mega Uploads? Maybe that was copyrighted, or maybe ever uploaded something? I'm bleeping this out, okay. They got a nice cold jail cell they're building for you. Oh, statutory damages, $150,000 per infringed work? Oh, come on, you must have downloaded eight movies in the last year for Mega Uploads? They got all those records. You know what? Your family's going to be bankrupted. You could kiss your home goodbye. No college for you, you're going to be in jail. That's what happened today, and no one's reporting that part of that truth. Is that the most shocking, sick thing? Think about it. President Obama's administration, the Department of Justice, making single moms and college kids pay $150,000 per... Now, he's right. Nobody's reporting on this, hardly. I mean, I don't like to use that blanket statement, nobody, but there's very few people, or very few news outlets, alternative, that are even, that this is even on their radar. So, anyway, let's go further. Fringed copyrighted work. No kidding. So if you uploaded 10 movies or 10 TV shows to mega uploads, they got the records. They're, they're going to take everything you own. And guess what? In the United States, you can't get out of copyright infringement. You can't declare bankruptcy. Because the media has such a stranglehold over our politicians in the United States. Of course, all the politicians in the UK are... Okay, bleeping that out. They're not ruling that country. We are over here. $150,000 statutory damages per infringed work. And now Obama's administration has all the files. They're going to know every one of you that ever uploaded and everyone that ever downloaded. Okay, little little section here, and then this is the last one, and then you'll be able to hear it uninterrupted here. It's going to be horror of horrors. So make sure you tell all of your friends, you spread this video, steal this video, you, ha you have my permission, steal this video, re-upload it all over the entire internet so everyone can find it. We have to warn the people they're about to lose their homes, their careers, and they're going to be put in prison because that's what the laws are in the United States. And extra... Now, this guy's also got all kind of links in, when you're watching the video, like, link literally in the actual visual of the video, like, watch the heartbreaking Richard O'Dreyer, UK student being extradited, click here. This is one of, this is one of the guys that they're trying to extradite. Uh, then click for evidence video of, on fines, and then also that Obama is actually running the show. Okay, let's go further. Missions to the United States. <sighs> Richard O'Dwyer's just the first one. We're building fresh new prisons to hold all you. I'm not kidding. That's what's going on here. Welcome to the police state, because you're going to become a permanent part of it. Look at this. The United States imprisons a larger percentage of its population than any country on Earth. 20% more people than even Russia imprisons. Of course, the United States is proud of the fact that they're one of the only countries on Earth that execute minor children, even for nonviolent offenses. Is this the tourist destination you want to bring? Now, he's not just saying this stuff and going to the next point. It's all documented on either links that he's got embedded into the video or and also um, the actual visual that you're seeing on the, on the uh, video itself. So, just so you know. And your family, too? Of course, copyright laws are much more important than laws that could stop this. That's right. United States, we're number one for imprisoning our population because the corporations run the prisons. And what does a corporation want to do? They want more clients. They want more profits. So the more people they can imprison, the more money those prisons are making. 
Oh, and they're forced labor, too. This is all real. Look it up online. Human rights organizations, as well as political and social ones, are condemning what they are calling a new form of inhumane exploitation in the United States, where they say a prison population of up to 2 million, mostly black and Hispanic, are working for various industries for a pittance for the tycoons who have invested in the prison industry. It has been like finding a pot of gold. They don't have to worry about strikes or paying unemployment insurance, vacations or comp time. All of their workers are full-time and never arrive late and are absent Never because of family problems. Moreover, if they don't like the pay of 25 cents an hour and refuse to work, they're locked up in isolation cells. And they're going to use copyright infringement worldwide to drag you here to stock our slave labor camps. Isn't this exciting? You're going to get a free trip to America to work in one of our slave labor camps. And they do everything they can to write up every violation you do there to keep you there forever. That's right. It's a lifetime investment because you downloaded some things overseas so they can extradite you here to become one of our slaves. This is real. Google it. And you know what? All the citizens... Of the- I think that what they would do uh, first, or, or at least primarily, though, is go after the people already here. I mean, obviously, it'd be a whole lot less hassle for them to get them into the prison system if they were already here, much less trying to go through extradition process. Not to say that that's not already happening, and it is. It's just that from a practical standpoint, you know, from a satanically practical standpoint is what I mean. world are going to become part of it because we're going to extradite you here to use for free labor. That's a great plan. It's too bad you're all part of it. <sighs> Sorry to break this news to you. Hey, it's already started. This British student's being shipped here just for linking to infringing copyrighted works. If you're a citizen of the UK, or you're a citizen of any country of the world, I really think you should go to gopetition.com and sign this to stop the extradition of Richard O'Dwyer for simply linking to copyright infringing material. Because what they're going to do to you is a thousand times worse if you ever used mega uploads. This could be your only chance to send the world a message. Go there and sign this petition now and tell everyone to do it. If you look online about all the stories about Mega Upload, you don't see this part of it. Do you see this part? What I'm telling you right now, have you heard this anywhere else? you got to make sure you tell everyone what the truth is about Mega Upload because this is just the first one. They're going to be doing rapid share and all the other ones. And they're going to storm these offices, take their computers, they're going to have your information in them. No. So there's a multitude of other companies that have done this and this mega upload is just the first one and they've all got their databases and they have your information in the databases if you've used them so yeah it's pretty pretty unbelievable information here Mega Upload's really based in Hong Kong, which is part of China now. So the United States cooperated with China and vice versa, probably because China is planning to do something like extradite us from the USA there if we write negative things about them. You know, it could carry a death sentence or like 10 years in prison if you write the tiniest, teeniest little thing bad about China. I guess that's part of their plan, but I'll do another video about that. But the a- Okay, so that's all I'm going to play on that particular video. Uh, we only played it, got into about half of it. There's the petition for the Richard O'Dwyer petition. I'll give you a link there. There's Now, the, the, again, what I'm getting into now is just link after link after link verifying all the things that we've just talked about, all the things that were just on those videos that we watched. The next link, see more evidence of how CNET and CBS caused the phenomenon of piracy with the help of the so-called branded partners such as AOL and MSN Network. All of these devil conglomerate Cartel companies are all in on this, 
They're all doing it by design, and they're all doing it to create a, a total um, slave race of um, serfdom slaves that they can use at their will to do whatever they want them to do, and to imprison them for essentially life. There's um, more links here, uh, a whole bunch I'm not even going to mention. And then there's a link, or a little thing that I added in here. President Obama filed the U.S., the United States Department of Justice, or filled, I'm sorry, filled the USA Department of Justice with the RIAA lawyers. Now, remember what I said, these ruthless lawyers, the worst of the worst? President Barack Obama is tapping another RIAA attorney. These are the recording uh, industry attorneys. Um, he tapped another of these attorneys into the Justice Department. Monday's naming of Ian Gorn to become the department's deputy assistant attorney of the Civil Division comes more than a week after nearly two dozen public interest groups, trade packs, and library coalitions urged the new president to quit filling his administration with lawyers plucked from the corrupt, evil, wicked Recording Industry Association of America. The move makes it five RIAA lawyers Obama has appointed to the Justice Department. If that doesn't smack of backroom, evil, slime, devil dealings, I don't know what does. Gergish Gorn, a partner in the RIAA firm Jenner and Block, represents the labels against Grokster, and there's a link to that, and will be in charge of the DOJ Federal Programs Branch. This is like, again, you've got the most wicked, evil, slimy people on the planet in all of the most key positions to do the most damage that they can possibly do and to do the most bidding for Satan. This is what's going on here from a, from a satanic standpoint. That unit that just told, uh, this is the DOJ Federal Programs Branch, this is the one he was just appointed to. That's the unit that just told a federal judge the Obama administration supports monetary damages as high as $150,000 per purloined music track on a peer-to-peer file sharing program. So, this is what Obama is, is he's totally, 100%, behind this, for it, doing everything that he can do. Now, I understand he's a puppet on a string. I understand that. But he is the one they've put in position in order to bring this about. In addition to Gergish Gorn, the other Jenner and Block attorneys appointed to the Justice Department include Donald Varelli, Associate Deputy Attorney General, the number three now in the DOJ, or Department of Justice, who unsuccessfully urged a federal judge to uphold the $222,000 file-sharing verdict against Jamie Thomas. Tom Pirelli, as Varelli's former boss, the Justice Department's number two in, in command, argued in 2002 that the Internet service providers should release customer information to the RIAA, even without a court subpoena. These guys are the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the barrel as far as attorneys go. And they're the ones at the very, very now, at the very, very pinnacle top of the food chain, thanks to Obama and his handlers. Here's some other links. There's 
tons and tons and tons of links I'm giving you here, actually, that was provided from the uh, video we just, because the guy really documents. It's not just, he's not just putting up a video up there and expecting you to believe everything. Uh, here's one title. Uh, 130,000 downloaders are sued for downloading just one movie. Um, next one. Any piracy laws sue dead person. Next one. Ars Technica report that 2011 judge rules that mass lawsuits are legal and can proceed. Next article. Article that downloading can destroy your career, including a report of new mass copyright infringement filing against users. Next article. Thousands more BitTorrent users to be sued. Uh, next article. RIAA sues elderly women with no computer. These are the slime bucket attorneys that Obama just appointed now all the head of the Department of Justice. They sue an elderly woman with no computer. Next article. RIAA sues family with no computer and no internet access. Because they're spawn of Satan. They don't care. Next article. RIAA settles with family with no computer. Next article, RAAA demands to depose dead defendants' young children. So they were suing this guy, he died, now they're going to depose, they're going to they're try to go after the, the young children. Last article, the RAAA sues dead woman and has no remorse. These are the type of evil devils from the pit of hell that you're dealing with here, just so you know. So you think, oh, well, they would never do that. They're already doing it. They have an absolute, total, blatant, unapologetic history of doing that. And now they're at the head of the most wicked, evil legislation regarding the Internet that the world has ever known. And I do believe that there's a lot of things they're trying to accomplish, obviously, all the things mentioned. And then the, the, the trying to fill the prisons and the concentration camps that are already set up. This is a main way that I believe they're going to try to do that, if time permits, on their agenda. The prison industry, the next article, the prison industry in the United States is big business, or is it a new form of slavery? This is by Global Research. Human rights, or and I wanted to say this because I wanted to reiterate the thing that he touched on with the prison industry. Because that's something that I've never really reported on before. And something that you can hear it and you think, oh, come on. No, let's let's really look at this subject. Talk about Satan's devices. This is a good example. Human rights organizations, as well as political and social ones, are condemning what they're calling a new form of inhumane exploitation in the United States where they say a prison population of up to 2 million people, mostly black and Hispanic, are working for various industries for a pittance. For tycoons who have invested in the prison industry, it's like finding a pot of gold. Now, he read this earlier, but I'm going to expand on it. They don't have to worry about strikes or paying unemployment insurance, vacations or comp time. All of their workers are full-time. They never arrive late or are absent because of family problems. Moreover, if they don't like the pay of 25 cents an hour and refuse to work, they are locked up in an isolation cell. There are approximately 2 million inmates in state, federal, and private prisons throughout the country, according to California Prison Focus, their own statistics. And they say, quote, no other society in human history has imprisoned so many of its citizens. 
in human history. This is including Stalin, Pol Pot, Hitler, Mao Zedong. No, we are at the pinnacle, percentage-wise. The figures show that the United States has locked up more people than any other country, a half million more than China. Which, I mean, total full-blown communist China. We, we're, we're dwarfing them. And China has a population five times greater than that of the United States. Yet we have a half million more people in prison here. The China. Going further, uh, U.S. statistics reveal that the United States holds 25% of the world's prison population. But only 5% of the world's people. Wow. That's unbelievable. 25% of the world's prison population, and we only have 5% of the people. There, from less than 300,000 inmates in 1972, the jail population grew to 2 million by the year 2000. In 1999, it was 1 million. Ten years ago, there were only five private prisons in the country with a population of only 2,000 inmates. Now, there are 100 private prisons in the country, as opposed to five from just ten years ago, with now 62,000 inmates. That's up from 2,000. It is expected that by the coming decade, the number will hit 360,000, according to reports. You see how this is intricately tied with the last article that I just got into? They're so rogue, the world government. The New World Order is so flagrant, blatant, rogue, and in your face now. And I think that there's enough of awakening that's taken place through alternative media that they're going to really just pull off the gloves very, very soon. Not to say they're not already doing that. And they're just going to just get out and just be like, we really don't care. We're just going to do this. And we don't care if you don't like it because we're rogue, we serve Satan, and we don't care. There's no rule of law here. There's, there's, no, there's no goodness in anything that we do. There's, there's no justice. And this is why I've harped so much on Romans 13. About, well, where do we draw the line? You know, obey the higher powers. Well, okay. What about when Hitler was in office? Or Stalin? Or Mao Zedong? Or Pol Pot? Or now Obama? Where do we draw the line? What, what, if, what, if the, what if what they're telling you to do contradicts the word of God and you're a Christian? What are you, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It is better to obey God than man, is what I would say. And it's, it's getting to the, but, you know, the churches, which are part of that system, the 501c3 corporate church in America, who have yoked themselves up with the government, who get their right to exist from the government, from the Internal Revenue Service, that are literal corporations. There's no Bible for any of this. The, the Bible says to be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Well, how much more so than having a wicked government give you your right to exist as a biblical entity or church and getting licensing from the state so you can preach? Where's that in the Bible? I don't see any of the apostles or any of the... I don't see any of that. Oh, we're to obey the law of the land. Not if it contradicts the word of God and there's no biblical precedent for it. In fact, it says the exact opposite. And I've done so many teachings on that subject alone. Just key in 501c3 in the search box at contendingfortruth.com. 
And you'll understand why a lot of people, uh, preachers, avoid me. You know, I'm not bragging, I'm just saying. I'm not condemning every 501c3 you know, pastor. I, I understand a lot of them aren't aware of this information, but they're being destroyed for lack of knowledge to a certain extent. And what happens to your church on a spiritual level when you take that? When you yoke yourself up with the government, when you get your, ex- or your right to exist from this wicked, corrupt, evil system, from this trap that's been laid. Well, I don't really know what happens to a church on a spiritual level, but I can look at the fruit of the modern-day 501c3 corporate church in America and know that the fruit's really corrupt. And, you know, we were kind of talking about that earlier. Huh. Yeah, I wonder if there's any correlation. Nah, there couldn't be. N- not a bit. Not a bit. So, and then what about the clergy response teams, the ones that are yoked up with FEMA and Homeland Security? And that's all been reported on in previous teachings. How all uh, a legion of these pastors are yoked up with FEMA and Homeland Security. They're not telling you they are, but there are. There's, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of preachers that are on the payroll for FEMA and Homeland Security. And they're going to sell their flocks out. They're going to fleece the flocks And then they're going to sell them out when the time comes. And they're going to use those places most likely as, well, they're going to pacify the flocks and use those places like in a biological attack. Well, here's, come and get your your forced inoculation. Here is the pickup centers for the concentration camps. That's what they're being trained to do. And I've, I've reported on all this stuff. It's not my information. It's information that if you dig, it's widely available. It really is that evil. It really is that far gone. It really is that corrupt. And I wish it wasn't so. All I can do is try to educate you and educate people that they're made aware of this device of Satan. So hopefully, you know, prayer and fasting and and, um, awareness can be made regarding these situations so that we're not destroyed for lack of knowledge, so that we are not ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us, that we're supposed to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and have no fellowship with them, and that we're supposed to mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them, for they that, that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, meaning their own carnal desires, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple, which is pretty much the norm now. We're supposed to mark them by name. How much of that's being done? Not a whole lot that I can see. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Hirelings. They're doing it for the hire, the money, that have no true love for the sheep. Because the true shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. Woe unto the pastors that have scattered my sheep, as the Bible says in Jeremiah. But that's the norm. The church should be reporting on this stuff as well. This trap that Satan has laid here. Just with this alone, this is just one subject we're talking about here. So, I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, but, uh, you know, this is what's going on here. Now, let's go further in expansion of this, uh, what we're getting into here. So what has happened over the last 10 years? Why are there so many prisoners? The private contracting of prisoners for work 
fosters incentives to lock people up. Prisons depend on this income. Corporate stockholders who, who make money off the prison labor lobby for longer sentences in order to expand their workforce. Is this not sick? Is this not evil? It has nothing to do about justice. It has to do about money. Well, the love of money is the root of all evil. The system feeds itself, says the study by the Progressive Labor Party, which accuses the prison industry of being an imitation of Nazi Germany with respect to forced slave labor and concentration camps. Yeah, they don't have a whole lot on Nazi Germany at this point. The prison industry complex is one of the fastest growing industries in the United States, and its investors are on Wall Street. This multi-million dollar industry has its own trade exhibitions, conventions, websites, mail order, internet catalogs. It also has direct advertising campaigns, architecture companies, construction companies, investment houses on Wall Street, plumbing supply companies, food supply companies, armed security, and padded cells in a large variety of colors. Isn't that special? According to the left, it's called the Left Business Observer, the federal prison industry produces 100% of all military helmets, ammunition belts, bulletproof vests, ID tags, shirts, pants, tents, bags, and canteens, along with war supplies, Prison workers supply 98% of the entire market for the equipment assembly services, 93% of paints and paintbrushes, 92% of stove assembly, 46% of all body armor, 36% of all home appliances, 30% of headphones, microphones, speakers, and 21% of office furniture. Did you know this? Airplane parts, medical supplies, and much more also they supply. Prisoners are even raising seeing eye dogs for blind people. According to the reports by human rights organizations, these are the factors that increase the profit potential for those who invest in the prison industry complex. Number one, jailing persons, jailing persons convicted of nonviolent crimes and long prison sentences for possession of microscopic quantities of illegal drugs that our government's the one that is shipped in. We guard the poppy fields over in Afghanistan, and it's... I mean, there's been mainstream news reports of our troops guarding the poppy fields in, in Afghanistan. I, I mean, unbelievably. I've played the clips on here before. We fly it in, we've been flying this stuff in, Via the CIA, Bill Clinton was integrally related into that, Bush, all of them. They create the problem, they fly in the cocaine and, and the heroin and all this other stuff, they create the problem, and Satan knows that he gets people hooked on those drugs, they get nice and demon infested, you think that they're going to get saved? I'm not saying God can't save someone, but do you think that anybody's going to worry about spiritual things when they're hooked on heroin or cocaine or whatever illicit drug that they're taking, mind-altering. It's well known in the occult that in order to do certain things, you need to be in a drug-induced state of mind in order for certain spells, in order for certain incantations and things like that to work. So they fly all this stuff in, they get it on the streets, and then they arrest the people that have microscopic quantities of the drugs they brought in. And yes, they'll arrest people that come in and bring... Why? Because they're, co they're competition to the government. Like if somebody's trying to actually bring it in on their own outside the governmental system, no. They'll, they'll, um, 
that that video, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, the Bill Clinton Clinton Chronicles. Just watch that. I, you can probably watch it online. Goes into all that. The main Arkansas, all the trail of dead bodies left behind by that devil and and Hillary. I mean Hillary. Sorry. It really is that bad. In fact, it's way worse than even what I'm describing. Because if we really knew what was going on behind closed doors, then it, that would be even more mind-blowing. Again, is Satan ever going to be satisfied with a certain level of evil if left unchecked? The answer is a big fat no. This is why it is the way it is. And the church... The modern day, whatever church, particularly in America, has totally dropped the ball about exposing any of these issues or warning their flocks on any of these things. And I'm not saying every pastor is called to do what I'm called to do, but to a certain extent we should all be watchmen, particularly in the most deceptive time that the world's ever known. Now, don't you think that that's something that would kind of be important? Oh no, we wouldn't want to offend. Grow a backbone. I don't have any hope for any of those pastors that wouldn't do If they're not going to do it when, when times are like they are now, when things really even haven't gotten that bad, do you know how they're going to turn tail and run when things do get bad? On all the different various scenarios that can occur and most likely will occur that we go over on a weekly basis in this ministry? Oh, there's going to be a mass exodus of pastors that have probably peed their pants running for the hills with their congregations left with like a, you know, a look of absolute shocked stupor on their face when this stuff starts to go down. That's the way I see it going down. And I'm probably not even doing it justice. You cannot fear death. You just got to do this stuff. You, you, Whatever God's called you to do, just do it. Don't worry about it. They can only kill you once. This is the way I look at it. I am not going to go around living in fear about this garbage. I'm not going to go around not exposing it. I won't do it. You can only kill me once, and that's if God permits you to. And I have the faith to believe that they may that they may not be able to pull that off. I think God's going to deliver miraculously when this stuff starts to go down on the people that have the faith to believe that He can do that exact thing. I think God's going to do mighty miracles. And they're going to be real. And they're not going to be based on all this. So much of the new age. And then the charismatic stuff you see now. And so much of these false counterfeit things. And when you see a lot of this stuff in the Catholic Church. These lying signs and wonders and miracles. And the, the, the primary way by which the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to deceive the whole world. These are going to be the real deal. These kind of miracles that God's going to use, they're going to actually provoke and cause the fear of God, which is what we talked about earlier. They're going to cause humility. They're going to give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ and Father God, which is where the glory should be. 
God shares his glory with nobody, no one, the Bible says. And I don't want any of his glory. I want to see his name be glorified and legions and legions and legions of people get saved. That's my goal. Let's go further. A nice lighthearted little study we're doing again. I know, it's lighthearted, whimsical. So, they're going to, um, now again, let me, let me preface this again. According to reports by human rights organizations, these, in other words, these things that I'm going to be getting into right now, are the factors that increase the profit potential for those who invest in the prison industry, industry complex. These sick, devil corporations that are totally motivated by greed, money, and Satan. This is this is what gets the dollar signs turning in their head. These factors, okay. Number one, jailing persons convicted of nonviolent crimes and long prison sentences for possession of microscopic quantities of illegal drugs. Federal law stipulates five years imprisonment without possibility of parole for possession of five grams of crack, cocaine, or 3.5 ounces of heroin? Five years imprisonment without possibly parole for that tiny amount? Now, I'm not saying that's right to have that stuff, but five years without possibility of parole? You have to understand, what's the motivation? The motivation is to increase the prison population, to increase the forced slave labor, so that these corporations can have their little slave labor and, again, we're going to get into that further. And also, you get 10 years for possession of less than 2 ounces of rock cocaine or crack. So I guess if that's above 5 grams, less than 2 ounces, you get 10 years for that. Now, a sentence of 5 years for cocaine powder requires a possession of 500 grams, or 100 times more than the quantity of rock cocaine for the same sentence. Why? Because most of those who use cocaine powder are white, middle class, or rich people, while mostly blacks and Latinos use rock cocaine. <laughs> and that's who they went for their, primarily at least, in the past, they've wanted for their workforce. I think they're going to get much more equal opportunity real soon with this internet active thing. I think it's going to get way more equal opportunity. They're going to, they also know the blacks and the Latinos for the most part wouldn't have the legal power to fight what's happening to them. Whereas white middle class people, and I'm not being prejudiced, I'm just saying from a monetary standpoint, they might have a lot more ability to shed light on this and to expose this evil. Okay, but once this ACTA stuff starts to go down, and once they've went totally rogue, which is they're basically at right now, then I think they're going to get to the point where, okay, now we can go after the middle class, because that's been their goal for a long time, the New World Order, to totally destroy the middle class, particularly in developed countries, because they're the ones that are speaking out loudest about the New World Order agenda. They want to silence those mouths. They want to silence them, period. But if they can get slave labor out of these people for a length of time, and then kill them and knock them off or whatever, or lock them up indefinitely, well, then that's fine too. So, in Texas, a person may be sentenced for up to two years imprisonment for possessing four ounces of marijuana, 
Here in New York, the 1973 Nelson Rockefeller anti-drug law provides for a mandatory prison sentence of 15 years to life for possession of four ounces of any illegal drug. 15 years to life for four ounces of an illegal drug. Here's the second thing that motivates them, the investment in these. The passage in 13 states of the three strikes law, which is life in prison after being convicted of three felonies, uh, made it necessary to build 20 new federal prisons. So this three strikes law increased their prison population so much that they had to build 20 new federal prisons. One of the most disturbing cases resulting from this measure was that of a prisoner uh, who had stolen a car and two bicycles received uh, three 25-year sentences. So 75 years total for stealing a car and two bicycles. Now, white-collar crime, that goes unpunished. They can go, and Enron and all these other devils in high political office, they can go and all day long rape and pillage to their wicked heart's content. But anyone on these lower-level crimes like this stuff, you know, they're, they're, they're doomed. They're doomed. What's the other thing, well, the third thing that motivates them? Well, longer sentences, uh, fourth thing, passage of laws that require minimum sentencing without regard for circumstances. Uh, five, a large expansion of work by prisoners creating profits that motivate the incarceration of more people for longer periods of time. Number six, more punishment of prisoners so as to lengthen their sentences. Prison labor has its roots in slavery. After the 1861 to 1865 Civil War, a system of hiring out prisoners was introduced in order to continue the slavery condition or tradition. Freed slaves were charged with not carrying out their sharecropping commitments, uh, which is cultivating someone else's land in exchange for part of the harvest. They were charged with that or petty thievery, which were almost never proven. And then they were, quote, hired out because of these sentences, these illegitimate sentences against them. They were hired out for cotton picking, working in mines, and building railroads. From 1870 until 1910, in the state of Georgia, 88% of hired out convicts were black. In Alabama, 93% of the hired out miners were black. In Mississippi, a huge prison farm similar to the old slave plantations replaced the system of hiring out convicts. The notorious Parchman Plantation existed until 1972. I mean, this stuff went on overtly until 1972. Uh, During the post-Civil War period, Jim Crow racial segregation laws were imposed on every state with legal segregation in schools, housing, marriages, and many other aspects of life. Today, a new set of markedly racist laws is imposing slave labor and sweatshops on the criminal justice system, now known as the prison industrial complex, comments the the, uh, organization Left Business Observer. So, who's investing? Who's investing in these prisons? You might want to know. Who's profiteering off this stuff? Well, at least 37 states have legalized the contracting of prison labor by private corporations that mount their operations inside state prisons. They mount the... Private corporations that mount their operations inside state prisons. I mean, they're contracted out by these corporations. 
The list of such companies contains the cream of the U.S. corporate society, like IBM, one of the most wicked, evil companies on planet Earth ever, intricately related with Hitler, going all the way back to Hitler. Just do a keyword search for Hitler and IBM and Nazi Germany. Just do a keyword search for that online if you want to know more about that. Or on my website, I probably have it too. Also, the aircraft company Boeing, Motorola, Microsoft, AT&T, Wireless, Texas Instrument, Dell, Compaq, Honeywell, Hewlett-Packard, Nortel, Lucent Technologies, which originally stood for Lucifer, basically, is what it actually means, Lucent. Lucent. I could do a whole subject just on that one company, whole teaching. 3Com, Intel, Northern Telecom, TWA, Nordstrom's, Revlon, Macy's, Pierre Cardin, Target Stores, and many more. All of these businesses are excited about the economic boom generation by prison labor. Just between 1980 and 1994, profits went up $392 to $131 billion. I think this is one of the reasons why they can still keep their prices relatively low in a lot of these outlets. Not only, you always think of Chinese slave labor, but you don't even have to look outside the the country anymore. We can do it. We can do it cheaper here. We don't even have to go out of the. We don't have to go to any other third world country or whatever. We've got it all here. Even with inflation, you know, being you would think that the the prices of things. I I know understand the prices of things have definitely went up, but with this aspect of things, they can still keep prices relatively low. Compared to maybe what it would be without it. At least that's their justification, I would imagine, or their why. Inmates in state penitentiaries generally receive the minimum wage for their work, but not all. In Colorado, they get about $2 an hour, uh, well under the minimum. In privately run prisons, they receive as little as $0.17 per hour for a maximum of six hours a day. The equivalent of $20 per month. The highest paying private prison is CCA in Tennessee, where prisoners receive 50 cents per hour for what they call highly skilled positions. At those rates, it's no surprise that inmates can inmates find the pay in federal prison systems to be very generous. They can earn $1.25 an hour and work eight hours a day and sometimes overtime. They can send home uh, two to three hundred dollars per month. Thanks to prison labor, the United States is once again an attractive location for investment in work that was designed for third world labor markets. A company that operated, now can you imagine with this ACTA thing getting implemented in the police state that they're enacting right now? I mean, it's going to explode even more. You have a country that's allowed the abortions of I mean, probably around 60 million babies since Roe versus Wade. And judgment has to happen on that country. And this is just part of the judgment that's taking place. That, really, we don't know anything about, because out of sight, out of mind, for the most part, but it is happening. And this is just one little aspect. I think it has a lot to do with why this is happening. I really do. I think it's the main reason. Why judgment has to happen to America. And this is, I, I, I know it could be a lot worse than just what we're describing. 
But this is just fruit. This is just fruit of that. So, a company that operated in Aquiladora assembly plant in Mexico near the border closed down its operations there and relocated to San Quentin State Prison in California. They shut down their whole thing and they said, we're going to move right into the prison. Start up our our, our company there. In Texas, a factory fired its 150 workers and contracted the service of prisoner workers from the private Lockhart, Texas prison, where circuit boards are assembled for companies like IBM and Compaq. Computer companies and those types of things. Former Oregon State Representative Kevin Mannix recently urged Nike, the shoe company, which means, I believe, the god of war, Nike, uh, to cut its production in Indonesia and bring it to its state telling the shoe manufacturer that, quote, there won't be any transportation costs. We're offering you competitive prison labor here. End of quote. It's that flagrant and that bad. Just, again, you think the, the, the corporate media is going to report on this? The prison privatization boom began in the 1980s under the governments of Ronald Reagan and Bush Sr., but reached its its height in 1990 under William Clinton when the Wall Street stocks were selling like hotcakes. Clinton's program for cutting the federal workforce resulted in the Justice Department's contracting of private prison corporations for the incarceration of undocumented workers and high-security inmates. Private prisons are the biggest business in the prison industry complex. About 18% of corporations guard 10,000 prisoners in 27 states. The two largest are the Correctional Corporations of America, CCA and Wackenhut, one of the most evil companies on the planet, which together control 75%. Private prisons receive a guaranteed amount of money for each prisoner, independent of what it costs to maintain each one. According to Russell Boris, a private uh, prison administrator in Virginia, quote, the secret to low operating costs is having a minimal number of guards for the maximum number of prisoners, end of quote. The CCA has an ultra- modern prison in Lawrenceville, Virginia, where five guards on day shift and two at night watch over 750 prisoners. That way they can keep their overhead low. See? In these prisons, inmates may get their sentences reduced for, quote, good behavior, but for any infraction, they get another 30 days added, which means more profit for the CCA. According to the study of New Mexico prisons, it was founded that CCA inmates lost quote, good behavior time, at a rate eight times higher than those in state prisons. Why? Because there's such a motivation for them to lose. Because they make more money the longer they keep them in there. Profits are so good that now there's a new business. Importing inmates with long sentences mean that the worst of the worst criminals are imported into the prisons. When a federal judge ruled that overcrowding in Texas prisons was cruel and unusual punishment, the CCA signed contracts with the sheriffs in poorer counties to build and run new jails and and share the profits. According to a December 1998 Atlantic Monthly Magazine article, the program was backed by investors from Merrill Lynch, Shearson Lehman, American Express, and All Snake, I mean All State. And the operation was scattered all over rural Texas. The state's governor, Ann Richards, followed the example of Mario Cuomo in New York and built so many state prisons that the market became flooded, cutting into private prison profits. 97% of the 125 federal inmates have been convicted of nonviolent crimes. 
97%. Okay? It is believed, uh, like, a little tiny amount of drugs okay, that carry mandatory sentences, like we, we talked about earlier. That's the way they can fill them with their slave labor. It is believed that more than half of the 623,000 inmates in municipal or county jails are innocent of the crimes they're accused of as well. Look at what they did to Ken Hovind. Of these, the majority are awaiting trial. Two-thirds of the... But while they're awaiting trial, they can be forced labor. Uh, Two-thirds of the one million state prisoners have committed nonviolent offenses as well. Sixteen percent of the country's two million prisoners also suffer from mental illness. And I give you a whole bunch of links here that get into that. Now, I'm going to go ahead. I, I have to end part two here, and I don't really have a whole lot left for part three, but I really just need to end it because I'm I'm pretty much running out of time here. So I'm going to end part two. We're going to switch gears and go to another topic and then finish things out. So God bless you. We'll see you in part three.